At the season's midway point, this Green Bay Packers campaign hasn't gone as well as fans had hoped. But is it all gloom and doom from here on out? Today, Scott McKenna of the Talk and Smack blog gives us reason for hope. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone today. Expert interview. We have Scott McKenna of the Talking Smack blog coming to us live from Nashville, going to the game. Scott, are you excited to be in the country music capital of the world? Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Lined up to go to the Ryman Theater tonight to listen to some Opry music and uh, stoked to uh, to experience our beloved Green Bay Packers this weekend as well. Very good. Well, uh, I hope you have fun. Uh, today's episode, uh, Scott's going to give us a plan for resurgence for the Green Bay Packers. Is, is this a three-point plan, a four-point plan? How, how many points do we have here? <laughs> let's let's run with it and uh and see where this thing this conversation takes us <laughs> okay uh, sounds good maybe it's not so much a plan as reasons why the packers are going to rebound and be a legitimate player in the playoff race um scott but uh start us off here today i mean what what is reason number one point number one why you believe this team is going to you know, uh, be a factor in the NFC North and uh, the rest of the season as a whole, really? The number one piece for me, really, is if you if you take a, a broad stroke at Mike McCarthy's history as head coach of the Green Bay Packers and what his teams have done um, from beginning to, to the season to the end of the season, generally speaking, he's had his team in a position to peak come December and going into the playoffs. And you can go all the way back to what, 2006, where he won his last four games of the year. 2007, they were playing great football entering the playoffs. Um, you know, even 2008, when we lost the majority of our last, I think we lost like five of our last six or whatever it was. But the brand of football, from an eye test perspective, we were playing great football. You know, same thing in 2009. We all know what happened 2010. 2011 wasn't the case. Uh, 2012, we, you know, we were really playing great football. I think we won four of our last five. Um, 2013, there was really a stroke of magic on the, uh, fourth and eighth play from Rodgers to, to Cobb. But even before that, when Rodgers was hurt, um, and we were playing with Matt Flynn, you know, we were winning games in December and playing a really good brand of football. No question that in 2014, at the end of the year, we were the best team in football until Bostic dropped the, uh, you know, the, the onside kick. And then last year, a little something different. But uh, I just, I'm holding out hope 
that uh, that McCarthy and Rodgers are are going to find their groove here in the second half of the season. We've seen glimpses of this offense, really, really, you know, against against Atlanta. Um, I, I thought that, you know, we didn't finish drives necessarily in the first half against Chicago, but we certainly did in the second half. And last week, you know, we, we how many times were we on, 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 on Indianapolis' side of the field? It seemed like we were all game. We just weren't finishing drives. And a part of that maybe is the product of the players that we've had on the field. And we're, we, we appear, anyways, to be getting healthier. And as we get healthier and we can put all the pieces in place, you know, I, I just – I have a feeling that this team could put it together and go on a really nice run here to end the season. So my job today is kind of play devil's advocate, and I'm not sure I'm going to believe everything I say here. But, you know, you you point out that Mike McCarthy's teams have, you know, uh, gotten hot toward the end of the year. And I would say, by and large, that they have, on the whole, done much better going, uh, you know, kind of peaking late in the season. But... You know, just just generally in the past now year and a half, uh, what is giving you confidence that they're going to be able to do it this year? Because last year, you know, they didn't really do that, and I've I've seen this this basically. It seems like last year's team and this year's team, at least from an offensive perspective, are kind of one in the same. They're kind of stalling out on the offensive end of the football. And you know what? What makes you think they 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 didn't do it last year? What makes you think they can do it this year? You know the old adage that we keep hearing about in the NFL that it's not who you're playing; it's when they're playing in them. Mm-hmm. It, last last year, the Packers' injuries were insurmountable, and they weren't getting their guys back. This year, they're getting their guys back. Like the injuries this year have been, um, you know, they're they're the four to six weeker. And, and they're not the season ender. And I just, uh, you know, you see glimpses of Rodgers to Nelson finding their stride. Nelson has been open over the last couple of weeks on the deep ball. We didn't see that earlier in the year. I think that that's only going to improve. Um, this Cobb and Montgomery together um, on the field is something that, hell, hell, you and I have been talking about that, Brian, for two years. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, we, we've been anxious to see it. And, you know, when we saw it at the beginning of last year, we were 6-0. and all. We saw it for a, a couple of games this year, and the offense looks looks dynamite. Adams is finding his stride, and you and I, before the year, we wondered if he should be on the team, and now the last three weeks, Adams looks like a legitimate NFL receiver. And, you know, you get Jared Cook back. I, I, I'm also very, very, very encouraged at the thought of, imagine getting Eddie Lacy and adding him to this team with without the Knicks and the bumps and the bruises of a full NFL season fresh and ready to go for the playoffs. I, 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 I put all these pieces together, and um, I, I, I hold out hope that there's a shot that offensively we're going to be, um, you know, maybe not 100% healthy, but we're going to be raring to go here as we enter, uh, as we enter the stretch run of, of the, the close of the regular season. It, it is pretty remarkable if you look at yesterday's practice you know, report uh, just the list of who was participating and who was not. The only players that did not participate in yesterday's practice on the 53-man roster uh, in any capacity uh, were were Clay Matthews and J.C. Treader, and everybody else was at least out there limited. 
uh, and getting better, uh, which which does give you a little bit of hope. Uh, just kind of interesting here, Scott. So, I, I mean, end of the year, only one of these players can come off injured reserve, Sam Shields or Eddie Lacy. You, you alluded to Eddie Lacy. You think he's going to be the guy? I, you know, I just wonder if, if you know, with, with the emphasis these days on the brain, I, I really have a hard time imagining a, a, a day in which, I hate to say it, but that Sandy Swagger is ever playing for the Green Bay Packers again. I, I really do. And uh, I, I, he's been a fantastic Packer. I'm, uh, it, it pains me to think that way. Um, he's, a, he's a Packer Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, and, uh, but I, I just really have a tough time imagining a scenario and, uh, in which he can, he can, he can come back. And, you know, last year's injury, um, was, uh, was, and we talked about this last year as well. And I was at the game when they played Dallas and he got the concussion and it looked like it was really minimal contact well, for the standards that are set in the NFL. And for him to be out multiple weeks after that was, it had me, you know, wondering and, you know, you even look at what happened this year. It didn't look like it was that big of a of, of a collision, and uh, um, you know, for it to be lingering this long, it it just scares me. And it doesn't seem like the type of scenario that a conservative Packers organization would take a chance to, you know, put them out back in the uh, in the mix here, um, unless there was you know absolute certainty that there wasn't the threat of potential long-term damage with another concussion. Yeah, forced to guess, I would tend to think Eddie Lacy's going to be the player that eventually comes off injured reserve, although this is getting further into the future here, and if we if we stick to the more immediate future. Scott, uh, another point here uh, you have for reasons for optimism here about this Packers team. You've looked at, at times earlier in the year, when uh, the defense was healthy and uh, the de- we were winning games with defense. And all of a sudden, we've gotten all kinds of banged up on defense and the defense is civ-like at the end of games. And, and you know, I, I just see um, Clay Matthews coming back. Um, I see, I see. And by the way, I, I don't think the Packers should use Clay Matthews as strictly an outside linebacker anymore. I think they should move him back inside I think one of the reasons, or I wonder, I guess, if one of the reasons Clay can't stay healthy is because he's, he's losing the leverage battle in the run game. And when he's losing the leverage battle in the run game, maybe the, the impact from his back is, um, is coming down into the hamstrings and, he, and he's not able to keep those hamstrings healthy in those, those battles where he's fighting somebody 50 to 70 pounds heavier than him. And, uh, you know, we saw over the last year and a half, um, uh, and I should say the last half of 2014 and throughout 2015, Clay Matthews was healthy, but he also wasn't in the, in the run game taking on those collisions against the big boys. So uh, I, I just wonder if they should move him back to an inside linebacker perspe- position and then situ- situationally when he's in a pass rush position, move him to the outside. Uh, and, and in part, you know, when you look at this defense as a whole, and you see what uh, why the defense has struggled over you know the last couple of games, and you see while Clay's not there, Dayton Jones has been has been a shell of himself uh, from what I think we expected him to be at that that elephant end. Uh, J. Ron Elliott hasn't taken the next stage in his career, and uh, um, um, Fackrell just isn't ready for every down action. And because of that, Julius Peppers has had to play more. 
And it's funny where Peppers, I think, and we've documented this together on a number of occasions, Peppers is at the stage of his career where we want less of Julius Peppers is more. We, we, we're seeing Julius Peppers on the, fir, on the floor. Um, he's, he's getting knocked to the ground. Where I want to see Peppers is strictly a situational pass, pass rusher with, with Matthews and together. I think that we can, uh, we're going to see people get into the quarterback and late in games. We're going to win football games rather than being, um, you know, just having, having quarterbacks have an all time to all day to throw the ball and, uh, and making big plays down the field. So when I get, when I get encouraged, I see if, if we can put the, the, the defense that we had on the field to start the, to start the year, um, if we've got that team ready to play and, uh, and fit, and then additionally we've got the offense um, that we've seen at, 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 at spurts throughout this year, notably the one that we saw late in the game against Indianapolis, the team we saw against Atlanta, the team we saw against Chicago, um, and you put it all together, well, I think you got a team that is is very capable of not just making a a, um, a significant run to close the year, but a, a significant run in the playoffs as well. Um, one last thing that I would I would add to that piece, Brian, to to really uh, uh, to, to open people's eyes, I guess. Sixteen teams in the NFC. Eleven of them have three, four, or five wins. Only two of them have more than that. And draw a scenario this weekend. Packers go to tight Tennessee. I'd like to think we, we're going to beat the Titans this weekend. Minnesota goes to, uh, um, to to Washington this week. Good chance Washington wins. Well, the Packers are tied then for uh, for for first place in the NFC North. Additionally, Atlanta travels to Philadelphia. Can't Philadelphia win that game? I'd like to think so. And Seattle travels to New England. New England can win that game coming off of a bye. If all of those things happen, the Green Bay Packers not only are in a three-way tie for first place in the NFC North, but the Green Bay Packers are a half of game out of hosting the uh, or, or of, of having a first-round bye in the NFC. So <laughs> it's 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 crazy to draw up the scenario, but all those things are very very realistic, and uh, you know we just have to think that as bleak as things look for us, kind of, kind of feels that way maybe for most teams in the NFC right now. Yeah, they they get both the Lions and the Vikings yet, you know, a second time around later this season. There's there's basically an opportunity to take care of business in the NFC North still ahead of them later in the season. Um you brought up an interesting point I thought about Clay Matthews about, you know, how playing in the trenches, losing the leverage battle or, or, you know, just battling those big guys could be taking a toll on his back and in and, and, and the uh, chain reaction down down to the hamstrings and, and how you think maybe inside linebacker would be would be the place. And, and I'm just questioning here, like, do you really think, you know, he is uh, worthy of being on the field at the inside linebacker position ahead of like a Jake Matthews or Blake Martinez at this time? And could we see Clay Matthews almost strictly as a pass rush specialist now just from the outside, not on rundowns, but, you know, second and long, third and long? You know, I think that um, his number one value that he adds to the team is obviously as a pass rusher, but he just brings a presence when he's out on the field. And, you know, one of the things that you got to commend Jake Ryan in the run game. He's done very, very, very well but he just gets exposed week in and week out in pass coverage. 
And, you know, I, I thought that Matthews at times was, um, as an inside linebacker, growing into a, uh, a, a, a very good pass, uh, pass defender or, or, or uh, defender in coverage. And I think that if you can add his speed and you add Martinez's speed together, the defense just gets faster. And if you've got the, the um, you know, Jones playing as a as a an end and run on, on rundowns and, and Perry playing as an end in rundowns, and you've got Daniels and Guyon plug in the middle, um, I, you know, I, I really think that you're going to have the speed, an opportunity to really flash the speed of Matthews and Martinez on the inside. And, you know, maybe he's playing West Downs and you add him to the rotation as an inside linebacker. Um, I just want to find ways in which he's not experienced that uh, head-to-head contact in the run game with people that are just much bigger than him. And clearly, in my opinion, it's, I'm not a doctor, but it appears to be taking a, a, a toll on or maybe the lower back and going into the uh, into the hamstrings. It's the only thing I can I can think of as to you know why we didn't see those hamstring issues when he was playing on the inside, but they immediately come back when he's playing on the outside. It's an interesting thought and and one I really hadn't thought of before you mentioned it, uh, but but it is interesting because yeah, I've been a proponent of of Clay Matthews back on the outside. And, you know, when healthy, I think he is good out there, even against the run. Uh, I just love the times when he can chase down those backs from the backside and they leave him untouched just because of his speed. But I do get it from the standpoint that, you know, hey, it's it's just not working from a health standpoint. And if that's the case, I mean, why bang your head against the wall and go with something that's not working? But uh, to, to be devil's advocate again, to, now that we're talking about the defensive side of the football, um, uh, Scott, I, I've seen a secondary here that is young uh, that I thought would be maturing by now uh, because I thought the talent would kind of overshadow the inexperience uh, because we're talking about first and second round talents here in the secondary when we're talking about HaHa ha, Clinton Dix, Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, and I realize injuries have somewhat to do with it too. But, you know, it's it's as if with these guys, it's it's one game good and one game bad it, to, like, the extreme. Uh, I think we've seen that from almost every cornerback this season. Uh, Demarius Randall's the best cornerback in the NFL week one. Then he turns around and is the worst in the NFL week two. Uh, we've seen it with Ladarius Gunter, who's been filling in. He'll have a great game one week and is down the next. And we've seen the same from Quinn Rollins in the past, too. What's going on with these guys, and can they snap out of this and become more consistent? Consistency is the word, without a, dis- without a doubt. I think you couple everything together. Where, where did the pass rush go? Right. All of a sudden, the pass rush has disappeared, and a lot of that, to me, I think, is health. And when Clay is when Clay is on the sidelines, and Peppers is playing too many downs and not as is as is as much of a playmaker as we've seen him at other times in his career. And frankly speaking, you know, he's when he's played limited downs, he's had some great games for the Packers this year. But when he's playing too much, all of a sudden, you got twenty some million dollars. That's uh, <laughs> eating up in two guys that aren't making impacts. 
And I just think that part of the reason the secondary has been flawed this year has been because of a, of a lack of a pass rush. And, uh, um, you know, you, you look at that Atlanta game, and for the most part, we were just stymied. And uh, the same thing with uh, with Indianapolis. We just uh, we didn't make the plays. We haven't been as dominant in the front seven as we were early in the season. And because of it, big plays have happened over the top. And I think that, that, that if you really look at it, that's been the case, with the exception of the, uh, the Vikings game when, uh, uh, you know, Randall just didn't have an answer for Diggs. But I'll be excited to see if, if this defense gets back. And I think that long-term for the Packers, Gunter getting this experience that he's had over, over the last, what, four to five weeks, where he's, been, he's had to challenge big-time receivers. Um, you know, I, I, I think that that's going to bode well for the Packers down the stretch, where he's been able to get battle-tested and to have to get in the face of Julio Jones and Elshon Jeffrey. Um, and, and to be able to, to match up well, frankly, with, uh, uh, with both guys. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I, again, I just point back to can this group get healthy? And it looks like people are taking steps to, you know, not, uh, not just be able to play in, in a limited role, but to, you know, maybe be full-time participants here in the next week or two, um, as they, as they prepare for a December run. All right, so we've we've kind of gone through the offense. We've kind of gone through the defense. Um, I mean, is, is there any more thoughts in general here about you know where uh, the Packers, your reasons for optimism, or even on special teams here? We saw last week the kick return. Any, any you know kind of final thoughts here on why you think this team uh, can be a factor? An aggressive Mike McCarthy is a good Mike McCarthy. And uh, when he goes stale or he goes bland and doesn't change personnel, this team, um, um, it, it, they become boring and, uh, and uh, very easy to predict. We're, t- we're seeing over the last three to four weeks that the offense has had more design to it, more creativity to it. And because of that, Aaron Rodgers at times has been, once again, the, the best player in the, in, uh, on the field. And uh, he seems to be maybe not consistently doing it, but at times seeing the field better than what we've uh, we've we had seen over maybe a a, a 15 to 16 game stretch. And uh, uh, because of it, I think that there's been more rhythm to the offense. And I uh, I, I really am excited for McCarthy to you know have his weapons and to continue to. to to change the personnel and the looks of this offense, which I really feel is going to keep defenses on their heels. And when McCarthy gets into the shed and draws, uh, you know, draws offensive design that uh, that is unique and creative, I, I think that he's he's a wizard offensively. And uh, um, you know, I, I, I really am. I, there's been signs of encouragement that the the winds of change are consistently happening inside the the huddle of the offense of the Green Bay Packers. And, um, you know, I, uh, with that said, I, I think that there's going to be some offensive explosions here over the second half of the season. Well, um, when I watched the Packers uh, in Atlanta and put up 32 points on the road, even in the loss, I was really encouraged that game by what they did. It looked to me it was the old West Coast 
quick hitting dink and dunk uh your way down the field and i love that they kind of just kept the chains moving uh, methodically moving down the field but then it seemed as if they ran a different offense the following week last week against the colts i was wondering where did this go you know i missed the games Aaron Rodgers would complete 35 out of 40 passes, and a lot of them are from the short variety, but when you're completing over 75% of your passes, I mean, that that again just, just keeps the chains moving because, I mean, yeah, you might have a, a one or two one, one or two-yard gains, but for the most part, when you're completing passes, most of them are, are over five yards, and, and you, you start adding up five-yard gains, and, and the chains are just moving all the time. What, where, why did that happen in Atlanta? It didn't happen last week against the Colts. That's a really interesting question. I, you know, I almost wondered if the the, the Packers thought that their weakness within the inside the Colts defense was over the middle of the field, and they they all of a sudden really got Richard Rodgers, who boy, oh, it's, uh, the Packers need need tight end help immediately, but uh, they need Jared Cook to get healthy, and all of a sudden they they uh, um, they really tried um, exposing the middle of the field, and they they seemed to like that matchup maybe um, a little bit better. It was a very curious move. Um, I, you know, I, I really did not understand why, uh, um, why they made that move as well. And, and another thing that was interesting was that it didn't seem like the, the, the head coach and his team were in sync um, with, you know, Montgomery not knowing he was on a pitch count. Uh, Rogers thinking Cobb was going to be a go, and then he wasn't to go until we magically needed him in the fourth quarter and then boom, boom, two touchdowns back to back, right? Like that piece of it was interesting, I guess you could say concerning maybe, but uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily have an answer to that. It was, it was a head stretch, a scratcher for, for me as I was watching it on TV. And clearly it was a head scratcher for Aaron Rodgers as he was, you know, taking command of the Packers offense as well. Yeah. Um, all right, Scott, uh, you're going to be there at the game before we let you go here. I mean, what's, what's your prediction for what's going to transpire at what is it? LP field in, in Nashville on Sunday. I think Nissan stadium. Now, okay. but I, I, it's uh it's uh, we're fortunate that it just remains Lambeau field <laughs> in title town in USA. But you know, I, I think first and foremost, what is going to be really cool is sometimes when you go to uh, to games on the road, you see a different energy from the fans, and you know there's been a little bit of a change inside the community of uh, of of, uh, of of Green Bay, Wisconsin, or the Green Bay Packers as a whole. And kinetically, we need to bring positivity. We need to bring those good vibes back to the team. And I really think that you're going to see a rowdy Packer Nation traveling down to. Uh, to Nashville this weekend, saw a bunch of G's in the in the airport yesterday, which was kind of cool. And I think you're going to see a, a, a huge Packers contingent making it different or difficult, I should say, for the Titans on their home field. And uh, I really think we see the Packers spread the Titans out. I think the weaknesses in the Titans secondary, they're a physical team up front, both sides of the ball. They're really going to try to pound the football at us. But I, I think that they're not going to be able to cover our wide receivers. And uh, I think we're going to see um, a, a lot of that underneath the underneath route and 
um, with with Adams. I think we're going to see swing passes to Cobb and to Montgomery, and I really think we're going to see um, you know Rodgers completing you know the the thirty five passes that you were just talking about. And uh, um, I'm really looking forward to a big offensive output. I'm also you know interested that you know to see how Tennessee runs their uh, their offense with Henry being banged up and maybe not playing, and Murray. He's banged up. He'll play, but he's he's banged up, and Mariota's banged up. So, are they going to be able to run their offense the way that they generally like to 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 to, to run their offense? And I I do have a feeling that there might be even uh, potentially a defensive touchdown for the Packers this week. Mariota throws a lot of air underneath routes. You can jump them, and uh, wouldn't shock me if uh, a guy like Gunter jumps a route and makes a big play this weekend to uh, uh, to blow this game open. I think somewhere along the lines of Packers 31 um, at Tennessee uh, 16. All right. Well, I like it. Um, Scott, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week, as you do on a monthly basis here at Railbird Central. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk to you next month. Appreciate it, Brian. Go Pack Go into Packer Nation. Let's keep the buzz high, man. I appreciate it. Take care. <laughs> yeah, see ya. Scott McKenna, the second sun, second Friday of every month we have him on the show. Uh, glad to have him as always, one of our best guests. Uh, he brings the energy, and he just gave you his prediction. Take a second, enjoy it, <laughs> because I'm here to bring the pessimism, uh, although you probably shouldn't. It, it's funny, last year, uh, I was awesome at uh, predicting the outcome of Packers games. I think I was uh, had only like during the regular season only incorrectly predicted two Packers games all year. Just just straight up, we're talking not against the spread. Uh, but this this year, I'm I haven't even kept track. It hasn't been all that good. Uh, I am predicting a Packers loss uh, this week, twenty eight to twenty. You know what? I I I certainly don't want to. I don't want to be all gloom and doom because, as I alluded to before, if I think. I think if the Packers offense goes back to what it looked like against Atlanta on the road, I think it has a chance. I don't know what happened there last week against the Colts. It's kind of stupefying me to a little bit, although uh, I understand it from from the standpoint that they didn't have Randall Cobb the first half, and all they sudden they do in the second half, and they look better. Uh, They tried to expose the middle with Richard Rodgers, and it didn't work, although if you have Jared Cook, Maybe you can expose the middle a whole lot better. Maybe that's the case, and maybe they get back to what they were doing against Atlanta. In that case, uh, I I think they have a chance, although I'm just not positive it's going to happen. Playing on the road, I really like the Titans' offensive line, and Marcus Mariota is going to need it after getting banged up last week. Titans win 20-20, but don't listen to me. Uh <laughs> Listen to Scott if you want the uh, the 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 glass half full. Uh, so there you go. Um, but uh, that that you know, with in our interviews with Scott, basically lasting a half hour, and I'm glad they do. Um, we're gonna kind of forego the rest of the segments of the show, other than uh, your day ahead or, or the weekend ahead. Here, the game is on 12 o'clock p.m. on Fox on Sunday. So enjoy it. Uh, folks, uh, it's not a nationally televised one, but hopefully you're able to stream it or, or somehow see it no matter where you are uh, in this world. My call to action, though, as as usual here, and this is this is the new one. If, if you didn't hear 
our last episode on Wednesday. We are having, I encourage, I invite all Railbird Central listeners to save the date, December 11th. We're having a watch party at the Krogville Oasis in Krogville, Wisconsin, which is a, a little nowhere cr- towns, uh, town at a crossroads uh, in south-central Wisconsin. It's near Madison. It's near Waterloo. It's near Cambridge. It's near Marshall. Um, it's near Deerfield, but it's in none of those places. It's in a cornfield is where it is. And I love it. It's the best kind of dive bar. Uh, I encourage all Packers fans everywhere to join us for the Packers Seahawks game. We're going to cheer them on. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's just this little Packers bar and we're going to, we're going to pack the Krogue that day and uh, have a good time. So I want to see you there. If you are a listener of Railbird Central, I want you to come on out and, and just, you know, uh, say hi. I, I, you don't even have to say hi. Just just enjoy the game. Have a good time at a Packers bar uh, in the middle of nowhere in Krogville, Wisconsin. You're going you're gonna to have to Google it, the Krogville Oasis. It, you're going to need Google Maps on your phone to get there unless you know where this place is. It's 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 all in the middle of nowhere, but it it's great. It'd be a perfect Sunday to take a take a ride somewhere, and um, uh, yeah, I'll see you there, folks. So save the date. That's my call to action. But on behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. Hope you have a good Friday. Hope you have a good weekend. We're gonna wrap up this game on Monday morning, and we'll see you back then. Railbird Central every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show podcasted and on demand later in the day. Uh, I'll see you, folks. Uh, here's the song for today. Can't wait another day by the String Cheese Incident on Sci Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go. Move, coming bouncing off the wall.